Uh, if you're visiting with us, thanks for being here today. My name is Kyle. I'm the pastor here, and uh, we're grateful that you're here. As Jasper said, there's a lot of great churches in the, in the area, and so we're always grateful to, to have visitors here at, uh, at our humble home. Amen? And so, uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46, which you may be aware of as we sang that song. Wasn't that song just incredible? Amen. I heard that, uh, man, over a year ago now. And it like, I think nearly every time I hear it still, it just sends chills. Just kind of catch you up just a little bit. We are a little over midway through uh, a series that we've been calling Psalms, which is run, running with a theme that we've been doing this, this summer called Summer in the Psalms. And so today, uh, we're, we're just continuing the series Psalms, which we've titled, kind of subtitled, Trusting God in All Things. If you're familiar with the Psalms at all, then what you know about them is they, they just kind of run the gamut of emotion. They, they touch on all sorts of things. And so today specifically, what I want us to see is uh, how we can be certain in uncertain times. Amen? And, and so that that is available to us. And so I want to talk to you from Psalm 46 today for uh, a moment anyway and, uh, and talk about what it means to trust God. So way back at the first week of this series, we we said that there are two ways to go. Psalm 1 just highlights this beautifully. There's two ways to go in life. There's the way of the godly and the way of the wicked. And, and so what we said is we, we obviously, as believers, we, we want to go the way of the godly. Amen? Amen? All right, a few of you. Good. Uh, so, no, I'm not alone. So some of us want to go the way of the godly today. Uh, and what that means, though, is that we must trust God in all things. Amen? And, and that that is... Uh, kind of the request of us, but it's also available to us because of the work that God has done. Amen? Amen. And so if you have your handout that you got when you came in, uh, it's dual purpose today. One, it's going to inform you and it'll give you a place to take notes. And then two is it'll act as a really great fan for you this morning. Amen? And so uh, we'll try to get that worked out before next week, but uh, I thank you for your patience. Let's let's pray and then talk about what it means to trust God during uncertainty. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word, which is right and good. God, we come before you today, maybe with a lot on our minds. Maybe we come before you today with a lot of uncertainty stirring around in our hearts and in our minds and just in our emotions and, and what we feel today. And so, Father, it's my hope that your word would rest on our hearts today that your word would find a spot in our hearts this morning in a place that would inspire us to land on the side of peace, the side of certainty when things seem uncertain. And so we know that this is not a task that our natural ears can accomplish. Your word says that the things of God are not meant to be understood in the natural mind. And so we pray now for the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to open our minds, to open our eyes and our ears to see and to hear from your word today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be uncertain? Uh, well, a, a quick definition would be not able to be relied on or not known or definite. All right, so it's just kind of an undefinite thing. It, it is what it means to be uncertain. So it's, it's when we don't know what's going to happen next right? We're just uncertain about the outcome of something. The opposite of uncertain would be when the Hogs play the LSU Tigers, 
and the Tigers are certainly going to win that game. Amen? So we're certain of this. I really like, you know, when I started here, the crowd was not mixed like it is now. There's a good mixture now. Go Tigers. So I'm really grateful for this. That's part of discipleship, I think. So anyway, but uh, a way to define uncertain, uncertain looks more like eating at a restaurant and a gas station, right? You just don't know how that's going to end. Uh, it often doesn't end well, but that would be uncertain. That's an uncertain decision you're making to eat food from a gas station. So, uh, but my guess is that when you hear the word uncertainty, there's just a lot of things that begin to stir in your mind. There's a lot of emotions that come into play here. One would probably be just the political uncertainty that our world faces right now. Amen? How many of you know, you've paid a little bit of attention, you know there's some political uncertainty across the world right now? Yeah? All right, there's, there's wars, there's rumors of wars. I mean, we've got a lot of this kind of stuff going on. But then you can just look within our borders, and there's a lot of political uncertainty or unrest uh, just within our borders over the last several years, and it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon, does it? I, I mean, so we can look at these things and we can say, man, it is really uncertain. Um, and so I, I think that uh, what we see is that you can turn on any news station, even ESPN nowadays. I, I've got to where I don't even want to watch ESPN anymore. But you can turn on any news station, you'll hear two people argue about whatever topic you want to hear two people argue about. It may not even be political, right? But they're just going to get up and they're going to debate and argue back and forth. And, and I think all of that is promoting just this unrest that we feel, this need uh, to defend, this need to be right, this want to, to see things go our way. And so it's very divided. It feels very uncertain. Amen? And then closer to home, just within the last six months, and I won't mention any names, uh, many of these would be in here probably, some are not, but I've had conversations with people who are experiencing uncertainty because they found out that they had cancer. They're going through division in their church, which isn't here, but outside of here. They lost their job. They or a family member struggle with alcoholism, drug addiction, Porn use, just to name a few. Um, maybe they've experienced a recent miscarriage. Maybe there's marriage strife. There's anxiety in their heart, in their life. There's fear. There's doubt. There's anger. There's parenting difficulties. Just times of uncertainty as a parent. And then there's those new opportunities which we get excited about but can also be afraid of because new opportunities are also uncertain, are they not? And so what we see if we look around is a growing list, and I think the list could, could even grow if we were to just ask you to come up and tell us what you're uncertain about today. And so we'll stop there. Here's what I want you to know, and what you already know. Let's just point it out together. There is uncertainty everywhere we look in the world. Everywhere. Your life, your friend's life. Taking it outside of that, you can look at extended family members, family members, you can take it outside of that, you can look within your, your state, your nation, the world, everywhere you look, in your jobs, and wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, there is uncertainty. And so everywhere we look in the world, we see uncertainty. But my question for us today is, what if we look beyond our world? What if we look beyond our world toward heaven to God? the creator of all things, can we be certain in him? Absolutely. And so what I know is, is that in our uncertainty, 
we all feel this just this, this need, just a, a, an emotional or physical need for a safe place, a refuge, if you will. Amen? Somebody who's safe, somebody who will listen, somebody who will be there for me in those times. And the, the, the problem is, the reason we do this is because uncertainty causes or creates fear. Uncertainty breeds fear because we don't know what's going to happen next. So what's the answer? I believe, and Scripture will tell us today, that the answer is to look beyond your world, beyond your circumstances, to someone who is certain, someone who is a refuge. And so I think that knowing God creates fearlessness. You can write that down now or you can write it down later. I'll mention it again here in a little bit. Psalm 46, our psalm for today, is a song of triumph. Let me just kind of set this up for you. This was written as a way to celebrate just how great God was, what all He had done, the things He was accomplishing specifically in battle when things seemed uncertain. And so Psalm 46 rests before us as a song of triumph. The congregation would get together and they would sing this in praise. It belongs in a special list considered the songs of Zion, which were those special people, the people of God. And this is songs that they would sing, uh, again, just out of gladness for their Lord. Who's heard of the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God? Yeah, a few of you. Good. A Mighty Fortress is Our God was written by a man named Martin Luther who was so inspired by Psalm 46 that he wrote the now infamous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Luther had this to say about Psalm 46, and I think it's worth mentioning as we get ready to dive into this today and we have uncertainty on our brain. He says, we sing this psalm to the praise of God because He is with us and powerfully, powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil, and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh, and sin. What's, what's Luther saying about God? He is our refuge. He, he is our defender. He is certain when things seem uncertain. And so what you'll see in this psalm is a picture of who God is. And I believe that we must see who God is before we can trust God to be who He says He is. Right? There has to be this understanding take place. We have to first see it, pray that the Holy Spirit would grant us the understanding of what we're seeing, and then we can dive into this place of just trusting that God is who He says He is. And so today I want to first point out who God is. And so I want you to have this question on, maybe down in your heart or just kind of at the back of your mind as we're going through this, who is God? Who is God? And so let's read Psalm 46, and you think about that as we read this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Now, what's interesting about the word Selah is this was meant to be a break in the song. The break exists somewhat so the singers can catch their breath, but the break exists so that the reader or the singer will know, 
I need to think about what I just read and sang. I need to meditate on that. I need to let that truth sit in me. And so here we have this break, and then he continues in verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Amen. Amen. And and so if you're going to become fearless in uncertainty, then you must know at least these three things about who God is. So we're going to ask the question, who is God? And then let's answer the question just here immediately. Number one, God is our refuge. He is. God is our refuge. Refuge is a place that we can turn to for security. It's a safe place. The Psalms communicate this often. In Psalm 62, verse 8, we see trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. In Psalm 34, 8, we see, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We've already looked at that Psalm once this summer. Psalm 18 says this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Where is his confidence? In God. God is his refuge. What is the psalmist saying about? What the psalmist is saying is that God is a safe place, God is a safe person for you. He is someone whom we can turn to for security, someone we can turn to for certainty in an uncertain world. Declaring that God is our refuge is a call then to come, taste, and see. This is why David says later on in the psalm, come, behold the works of the Lord, the work that he has done. It's it's an an invitation. To say that the Lord is a refuge is an invitation to come and see this safe place, this safe being, someone who our soul can rest secure. And so we've already established that everywhere we look, we see uncertainty. That is why I believe this is, that, that this is impertinent to us that we look beyond the earth to, to the one who created it all. God is the creator of all things. He is the one who spoke it all into being. Amen? And so therefore, if God is the creator and he calls himself refuge, how many of you know the creator knows what the refuge is? Right? How dare we doubt him in such an occasion? 
And so he must be our refuge in time of uncertainty. God is our refuge. Notice the personal pronoun here. God is our refuge. It's not that God is a refuge or one of the refuges. God is our refuge. He's our refuge, nothing else. Nothing else will be a refuge for you like God will be a refuge for you. So whatever your personal uncertainty is today, whether it's relational, be it financial, be it physical, be it spiritual, you have a place of safety, a person of safety to whom you can turn, and that is the one and only Lord God. He is a safe place for you. If you wonder if this is true, if you doubt that this may be true, look no further than the cross of Christ Jesus, of which Romans 5 tells us that while we were still sinners, dead, spiritually not living, not breathing, while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. God sent his son to you to die for you out of what? Great love. Great love. So loved. Amen? And so what we know is that the Lord is this. And if we wonder if it's true, we look to the cross of Christ. He has shown you the ultimate place of safety by dying in your place and offering you deliverance from your sin. Offering you deliverance from death that ends in eternal death in exchange for eternal life. God is your refuge, and he will be your refuge once you make Christ your Savior. God is only your refuge in Christ Jesus. Amen? Number two, doesn't stop. He goes on to say that God is our strength. He is our strength. The word here emphasizes God's power to protect and to save. How many of you in here today, just raise your hand. Let's be honest. How many of you in here today say, I need extra strength? Just need extra strength. Amen. All right? Notice the, 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 the boasting here is, is, is not that my strength this. It's that God is our strength. It's not about my own strength. It's not really even about me. It's about who God is and trusting that God is who he says he is believing it. All of us have our own different stories today. You have your different struggles. You come in here with some uncertainty, no doubt in my mind about it, wondering how some situation will turn out. And all of us need God's strength in the middle of such uncertainty. If you ever question just how strong God is or how powerful God is, I think verse 6 just needs to rattle around in the cage of your heart for a little while. The nations rage, the kingdoms totters. He utters his voice, the earth melts. Incredible. Incredible, the power of our God. Incredible. So can we all just do this as a whole with this kind of resting on us, that God is our strength. We are not our own strength. Can we do this right now? Can you just take in the big, deep breath with me? Let's all do this together. One, two, three. Let's blow it out. Let's stop trying to have it all together. 
Let's stop being pretentious. Let's stop acting like we're something that we're not, trying to say and do all the right things so that people don't know that I am weak. I'm weak. You're weak. You're not hiding it from anybody. In fact, there is incredible freedom and strength found when we take a deep breath and we admit that we are weak. That we need a strength other than our own. Amen? This, not only is God a safe place for you, but I will tell you with 100% confidence, this church will be a safe place for you. You can be weak here. It's okay. No need to pretend. No need to act. We're committed to that. Amen? We want this to be a life-giving place for you, not a life-ending spot for you. So let's recognize that we are weak. And let's also recognize that God is our strength, that, that He fills that need in us, that void in us. And it's when we get to this point of admitting our weakness that we see a need for God's power in us. But not only do we see the need, when we admit the weakness, we begin to experience God's power in us. This is really quite incredible. If, if you don't know it yet, you and I are quite small in the eyes of God. You and I are quite small at all. You just look at us stacked up against the rest of the world, right? You're like you stacked up against the rest of the world. All of us probably land in the spot of average, right? No, nobody's just knocking it out of the park in all that we do. We are weak. We're weak. And I think in the midst of uncertainty, this is me for sure, my weakness becomes, I become so much more aware of my weakness in the middle of uncertainty. Amen? Like I look at the political spectrum, and I see just how weak I am. Like I, I'm not doing a thing on my own to change that. Right? I'm just weak in that. Can't do it. Neither can you. I look at the uncertainty that I face in my life or that I see others facing. I mean, if you've got kids that, that struggle with something or kids that whatever, just they have fears, they have doubts, they have worries, the, these kinds of things, you would do anything to take that from them, would you not? Absolutely you would. And I would, I would pray. I, w- I will ask, Lord, give that thing to me so that my son doesn't deal with that. You and I are weak. We are totally dependent upon the Lord. And I think uncertainty reveals, at least in me, I'm sure it does for you, just how small we are. Maybe you've had something happen recently that reveals how weak you are. Maybe it's a physical need, a sickness, a, a doctor uh, prescribed illness. And that's rattling around in your mind this morning. Maybe you've got a reoccurring temptation to sin, and you just can't beat that thing. And you know just how weak you are. Maybe you've got a marriage issue or a parenting issue. Maybe there's a spiritual deficiency in your life. You're like, man, I just, I just struggle to pray. I just struggle to read my Bible. I struggle to be self-controlled. I just get angry. Maybe it's something else. What I want you to know is that God is your strength in the midst of whatever that thing is and that you can trust Him as your refuge and as your strength. Amen? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 just kind of 
acts as a buttress for us in this. It says, but he said to me, and this is Paul praying that a thorn, we don't know what it is, but he's praying that this thorn would be removed from his flesh. He says, I pleaded with the Lord three times. And finally, he reveals this to him. He says, but he said to me, my grace, this is God, Jesus, the Lord speaking to Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. When is God's power made perfect in us? Weakness. Man, that's, that's backwards to what we think it should be, right? Like, shouldn't we be really strong and then God comes in kind of like uh, nitrous in a, in a vehicle and just makes us extra strong? It's just not the way it works, is it? In our weakness, He is strong. He goes on to say, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Praise the Lord. Do you guys ever feel the pressure to not be weak? All right, just raise your hand. You're like, man, I, I have felt pressure in my life to not be weak in some area. Yeah. Whether it's in church, whether it's in your job, whether it's in your marriage, anywhere, right? We just feel this pressure like somehow I've got to have it all together. I've got to be the one who does this. I've got to be strong here. Do you know that you don't have to? Paul says here, I boast all the more gladly. It's not just that I'm boasting, and he's like, I'm more glad to boast in my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it's in our boasting, our glad boasting in our weaknesses that the power of God comes and rests on us. Praise God. In that case, I stand before you today and tell you, I am weak. I am weak. Verse 10, he says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Come on, Paul, you're taking it too far now. Like, I'm with you, I'm being strong, and I can admit some weaknesses, but now you're talking about things I can't even control. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, Paul? Yeah, calamities. He says it again in case we're not tracking with him. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What a word. What a word for us today. Won't you seek the Lord today with me? Won't you bow with me today and just say that I am and weak. Won't you profess it from the depths of your soul that you are weak and find out with me today that God is your refuge. God is your strength. And you can trust fully in Him. I mean, it's good. We're, we're a couple of words into Psalm 46, and it's good already, but He doesn't stop there. He goes on to say that God is our very present help. How present? Very. <laughs> Present's good. Very present. That's real good. He, he is our very present help in trouble. Th this statement's so full of meaning, we don't even have time to dive into it today, but I want to just kind of explain some of what's here. It isn't, first of all, isn't there a great comfort in knowing that God isn't far off from you when you're in trouble? That, that he is a very present help for you in time of trouble? Isn't that comforting to know that God's not like a, a long way away? 
This isn't you walking down the road with Lassie as your dog and you fall in a hole and you got to tell Lassie to go get help. And then it takes minutes, hours for Lassie to go find somebody who can speak dog and come back and help you. Right? It's incredible. God is your present help. He is with you. He is beside you. Do you know what another word here for present is? And your, some of your translations may say this. It's well-proved. Well-proved. He's very present and he's well-proved. Is that not a call to taste and see that the Lord is good? He's well-proved. Again, we see this idea of, uh, uh, of this taste and see that the Lord is good. He's a very present help, a well-proved help in our time of trouble. You know what this means, right? It means that he will not. He's not interested in abandoning you. If you are God's child, he is not interested in not helping you. He is for you. He loves you. He is with you very presently, well, in a well-proved manner. So my encouragement for you today, and really for me, don't doubt. Don't Don't fear. Know that God is near to you. And if we don't believe Psalm 46, which I don't know why we wouldn't, Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. The Lord is near to you. Psalm 99 says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. He's near to you. Jesus says in his final command to the disciples, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You know how the Lord resides with us today? Through his Holy Spirit. If you are a believer today, Ephesians 1 makes it clear that you receive the Holy Spirit upon belief. The Holy Spirit resides in you today, and so here's what this means for us. This is one of the greatest truths that a Christian can hold on to, and I don't think we talk about it enough, and that's my fault. I'm admitting this to you. The Holy Spirit resides within us, which means that wherever you are, God is there. So when you face uncertainty today, or this week, or this month, or this year, and you find yourself praying, maybe even just a quick prayer, something pops up at work and you, and you pray, you are not informing God of something that He is not already aware of. He's with you. What you are telling Him, and you may not even be aware, is you're telling God that He is your very present help in time of trouble. You're telling Him, I know you're near I'm trusting you in this situation. I'm trusting you. So that means for some of you who are given over to depression, to anxiety, some of you moms who are worn out from the end of a day with your children, some spouse who just doesn't think you can go on, you're like, I just don't think I can last any longer in this marriage. Or maybe there's some other uncertainty that you're facing today, be it your jobs, your future, something else. What this means for you is that God is with you. He has not abandoned you. He has not. Be 
encouraged. He is your very present help in time of trouble. And when you wonder if anyone else will come to help, God is never too busy. He's never too busy. He always hears. He's always there. He is infinitely and intimately accessible for you. He is not put out with you. He is not frustrated with you. God is love, and so therefore he looks at you with love. He says, I am for you. I'm your very present help in your time of trouble, so be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And so we see that God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. And then we see in verse 2 and 3 what this means for us today. What it means for us today. Let me just reread verses 2 and 3 to you. He says in verse 2, Therefore. How many know therefore always is going on what was just said, right? This is is him picking up on what he just said, and he's moving forward now. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Therefore, we will not fear. I want you to write this down somewhere on your paper, maybe in your Bible with this verse whatever you want, but you need to write this down and we need to think about this. We need to know this, that knowing God creates fearlessness. Knowing God, when I say that knowing God, we know that He's our refuge, He's our strength, He's a very present help in time of trouble. That creates fearlessness. So where uncertainty creates fear, being certain of who God is creates fearlessness. Praise God. This is the work of the Spirit in your life. This is where we take what God has given us in His Word and we begin to believe it, we begin to think on it, we begin to pray on it, and we ask God, make me fearless. Make me fearless because of who you are. What the psalmist is saying is he's saying is if it gets as bad as it can get, right? If the earth literally begins to just crumble and fall apart, this will be Our response as God's people, we will not fear. Say it together on three. We will not fear. We will not fear. Because we know where to find our refuge. We know where to find our strength. We know in whom we have a very present help. Do you hear the power in the statement, we will not fear? Do you hear the the confidence in this? It's, It's easy to see that the psalmist understands something about God that often we do not. He understands that God is the ultimate sovereign over all the universe. And since the creator of all things is our refuge, he is our strength, he is our very present help, we will not fear. We will not fear. It's as simple as that, and yet as complex as that, is it not? It's as simple as knowing who God is and saying, I I won't fear. I'm not fearing. And then it's as complex as knowing who God is, 
yet knowing what's in front of us and the uncertainty and trying to push that away because I know who God is. And, and this is the work of the believer. This is our job to know God and to appropriate what we know about God with our circumstances so that we know we can trust God even though times are most uncertain. With God on our side, how irrational would fear be? What I mean by this is we know that difficulties and times of testing will come. We know that, right? But again, the command is, or the, the hope here is, is that we will not fear. And so again, with God on our side, how irrational would fear be? Well, let me, let me show you something else that you can take great confidence in. In Romans 8, 31, and you can turn over there if you want to. I'm just going to read several verses here to you. This is what it says in Romans 8, 31 through the end of the chapter. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Again, let's think about the character of God here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. What confidence is available to us. The same Holy Spirit living in Paul as he pens those words is the Holy Spirit that dwells in you now. And you can rest assured that the work he did in Paul to get Paul to this point where he's saying, whom shall we fear? is the same work that he wants to do in your life. It's the same confidence he wants to grant to you. We will not fear because God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our very present help in time of trouble. And as I think about the uncertainty that those whom I referenced earlier are facing, and and your uncertainty, which I may not even be aware of, and my own uncertainty, which I am fully aware of, as I think about those things, it drives me. It drives me to want to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them, but also to remember it in my own heart, to think on these things. Whom shall I fear? God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is my very present help. 
in time of trouble. We will not fear. In him, you have a safe place. You have a safe person. You have true strength. You have a very present, well-proved help in time of trouble. All of that is available to you in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is for anyone who will turn away from their sin and receive him as Lord. Amen? That is our God, and we get the privilege of living fearlessly for him so that others can know him too. And then in verse 10, what we'll all come to know, believer or unbeliever, is this right here. In verse 10 of Psalm 46, he says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. If you're on the side of Christ Jesus, then you're on the right side of what's about to take place. Amen? No matter how uncertain you may be, you can be certain of that. Trusting in all things, especially during times of uncertainty. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning?